Hey, Gabriel Lake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? We are at our respective homes, but I did go have brunch at a restaurant today, so baby steps back to norm normalcy. Yeah. You, I, I was going to say is that you didn't go to any any restaurant to have brunch, that you went to one that we recorded that, but we didn't end up recording at that one. We were planning to record at that one back then. I don't know if you remember, because it was around my birthday, but it's like we didn't record then at the end. It was the first time that we I had bought some special mics. That's true. We could yeah. all talk into, and we went, and we were right next to a speaker that was so loud, and we were like, no, we're not going to record this. And then we ended up at your place, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, because the other thing is like yours, your uh, microphones, they promised that they have like a USB-C adapter, but it didn't. No, yep. That was a failed disaster because when we got to the restaurant, we found out they had a $75 per person minimum. And the thing is that there was no way of spending that with food. Is that they were forcing you to actually just drink. It was just a bizarre experience. In defense of this restaurant, they do not have that minimum for brunch, and it's lovely. <laughs> the views are great. The quality of the food is okay, but it's still like just for dinner, like forcing you, or during the weekend. No, it was during the weekend for dinner. I think there is like a... It's Wednesday through Sunday that they have that minimum for dinner. Okay, so for dinner, yeah. but not for brunch, yeah. I am still in shock that they forced you to do that. Is that. I would never go back to it. And that's fair. I was super pissed out. I didn't know about that minimum before we went. Yeah. So it was an interesting experience. But in any case, we are not talking about restaurants. This is not like gay bros go to restaurants that they are like barely reopening. This is about we stay at home and we watch movies. <laughs> and what did we watch this time? We watched the 2014 black comedy Frank. Yep. And these Michael Fassbender and Nigel Hall. Yeah, and I like that no one cares if you already have Fassbender and a Gillen Hall. No one is going to be like naming uh, what's it? Dom Hall, Dom no Donald Gleason. Yeah, I mean he he's definitely like I would say a list now. He's in tons of stuff, but he's not like a household name. No, he's not, but he's the main actor. Couldn't you say that he's the main actor on this? Alone Fassbender? Yeah. And this was my pick. And the reason why I pick it is because this is a black comedy, as you said. And I remember every single time, this is the third time that I watch it, every single time that I watch it, I find it funny. And I wanted to see after watching so many other movies and after watching Happy Go Lucky, that is, at least on the surface, a comedy, how would I feel about this movie? All right. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing, particularly with the context of Happy Go Lucky, mm -hmm. what you feel about these characters, or, so or how do you, how do you think the characters are? They happy? Are they unhappy? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, I think this one is not so subtle. I think that's Happy Go Lucky. But what is this movie about? This movie is about a young man named John. John has a regular job, but he fancies himself a musician. He writes absolutely terrible songs about the things that he sees, like ladies make babies, and that's how it works. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really bad. Yeah. 
And then he stumbles on what seems to be a suicide attempt. Is that what you got? No. Uh, yeah, or someone going crazy and just riding into the uh, into the water. Where he meets a man named Frank, and Frank is a little bit off, and he. Well, what? he dis- he he doesn't really meet he doesn't really meet uh, Frank at that point. He just meets the rest of the band, and the rest of the band, as this is the keyboard player that is trying to suicide himself, probably, they are in need of a keyboard player. So the producer of the band, that is Scott McNary, is like, oh, that's the keyboard player. He's like, oh, I play keyboard. It's what John says. He's like, okay. He goes like mysteriously back to the band, and he's like, oh, you're hired. Yes, so that that's a better explanation. I, I said it a bit misleading. So he he gets invited to join this band. The band is led by Frank. Frank is a very uh, unique character. I don't know how to describe him. He he clearly has some sort of mental health issues. He always wears a fake head over his head that's made out of paper mache, um, and it's almost like a cartoon head and even when he's in the shower at some point in the film we see that he's wearing this head he never takes it off and so john is invited to again join the band and the band is going to ireland to spend time at a like a compound i guess there's like a primary lake house and a couple other like little houses on the property i thought it was like an airbnb cottage Yes, so an Airbnb cottage, but it's um, a pretty big property. There's the primary house, some secondary houses, and they're there until they can record the album. And it's very like unclear to John, who's worried about his job, how long they're actually going to be there. And most of the movie takes place while they're at this cottage. Um, And initially they start like, recording found sounds like uh, water pouring or uh, like the sound of a branch whipping past a microphone. Um, but they do record the album and it takes a very long time and it basically drains John's savings. John the entire time is basically publishing his experience online via his blog and Twitter. And at some point the band gets invited to perform at South by Southwest. So the band flies to Texas and they're supposed to perform and Frank has basically a mental breakdown and refuses to perform. Band breaks up and John realizing that he kind of caused all of these issues tries to get the band back together again, even though they're not going to perform at South by Southwest. He's trying to fix these very, very, very broken people. And there's a lot to laugh about along the way. Um, it is a comedy, but it's a pitch black comedy. I, I, I would like to ask you, did you laugh out loud at any point? No, I actually thought that I laughed louder in the past than now. You know, I just feel that like there are like points that I chuckle, but it's like I didn't chuckle like out loud. It was a bit more like because of some kind of visual cue more than anything else. Like the loud, like exhale through your nose, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th- there are funny moments along the way, but ultimately, as I said, Frank has, uh, I don't know if it's a nervous breakdown, but he has some sort of breakdown. He goes back to live with his parents. John tries to, you know, 
find out what's going on with Frank and reunite him with his, his bandmates. His bandmates are also super broken. Um, so while it's kind of funny how you get there, the film ultimately ends up in a fairly like dark portrayal of an accurate, I think, of mental illness. Like, like yeah, like they're, the people in this band are eccentric, but they're also ill. And it ends on a on that note where like you may have laughed, but you probably shouldn't have because these people are mentally ill. Yep. Yep. Did I leave out anything you would add to the synopsis? No, to the synopsis, no, I think that is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean maybe like uh, Dom that is uh, what is his name? I, I like this actor, uh Scoot McNary. That Dong used to be the keyboard player, and now he's the producer. He suicide. He commits suicide with Frank well, Smash. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they are all the, uh, all the how do you say like that cotas, uh, and then basically Jion uh, takes over. Well, as a producer, but he still remains as a keyboard player. But completely yeah. talentless. But oh. for whatever reason, Frank likes John in certain moments, which we can dive deep into character development, but that like approval is something that John desperately craves and that's something Frank gave him, but Frank shouldn't be approving or disapproving of anyone because he's deeply, deeply disturbed. Um, he's like basically like a shooting star. That is like he bright, sorry, he signs really bright, but at the same time, there is no, no support to it is a you are talented but you're talented not for the reasons that people think that you're talented it's because you see the world in a different kind of way because you have a mental illness yeah and i think so throughout the film we see frank primarily through the perspective of john which isn't like exactly an unreliable narrator but i think we as people who are watching the film we project a lot onto frank that john is projecting onto frank yeah. Uh, which is interesting because without reali without realizing it, I had all of these like expectations put on Frank that he yeah. ultimately could fulfill, um, which I think gives the film its its like gravitas. And I don't like to use that word, but I, I do think this is an important film and it's a very interesting journey to go on with all of these characters. Um, so, do you like a uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal character, Clara? So that's hard to answer because one, I think she is fantastic in this role. Yeah. I think this yeah. is like the role of her lifetime, and it's not that this is like an Oscar-worthy performance or anything like that. But I just I feel like Maggie Gyllenhaal is so quirky. This is the role she was meant to play. That being said. I didn't understand her character's motivations or concerns or actions at all. That's what I was going to be asking you. Is like if you compare Clara and John, do you think that they are like the two sides of the same coin? And it's like Frank is just a pawn. I would say yes. I think that, as I said before, John is projecting a lot onto Frank. I think that she is also projecting a lot on Frank and the pressure that Frank feels to perform for these two is ultimately what leads, well, it's the performance at South by Southwest that, you know, bracing apart, yep. undoes him, but yeah, I, I well, even does him, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I even does him because I actually, when he realizes that he's just being manipulated 
by John. It's like it's no longer about me and my quirkiness. It's about you. You want to have that popularity. And that's the reason that this is one of the things that is like when we get to the questions about like if this is timely or not. Is that it's funny because this movie is seven years old now. And it could have shot like it could have been shot last year. Is that they actually use like social media and popularity that it has been a concept for the last seven, nine years. But basically John what he is pursuing is just popularity. He doesn't care about talent or anything. He wants that popularity. And we do get the impression that while he seems to be passionate about music, he's never like studied. He's terrible at it. It's not like he's taking lessons about songwriting or how to play the piano or anything. He and he's constantly posting whatever is happening. Whether it's honest or not, he's putting it on Twitter, he's putting it on his blog, and we see his su subscriber count like yeah. increase and he gets validation from that. Um, and well, I thought that I would, this time around, because we've both seen this film before, I thought I would find those like pop-ups of him tweeting or posting on his blog annoying. I actually found it very endearing um, yeah. and very revealing in terms of who John is and, yeah. and what his motivations are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's an empty person, completely an empty person, you know, but it's like when I think about Clara, is like, I don't know if she's a complete person or not. In my opinion, she's not. We're not given enough in this film to understand her at all. Uh, she loves Frank. Everybody seems to love Frank, but why she's she is the way she is, I don't know. I would like to learn more about her, but I don't think I was given enough in this film. Yeah, I like the scene before they have sex when uh, John asks her about like if she loves him, if Clara loves him, and if they actually met each other in the uh, in the mental institution, like Tom and uh, and Frank did. I said no, I didn't. And it's like it's true that it's like I think that Frank has some kind of inherent, you know, natural talent about like, just seeing the musicality of everything. And it's and Clara resonates with that. You know, Clara resonates with that because she has a similar talent to it. But when we think about uh, about Young, he doesn't have any talent at all. He tries to have that, you know, because he does the same at the beginning. Like he tries to just find musicality on things that he's looking at. Because there is not too much difference between uh, Fiji Digits, uh, a Smelly Bathroom, I Love Your Wall, <laughs> and you know, like Lady in the uh, in the Blue Coat, What Are You Doing With Your Back? Lady in the Red Coat, you know, the blue, <laughs> the woman on the blue coat. There is not too much difference, honestly, is that there is not. But is that there is talent and no talent whatsoever. There is like this, je ne sais quoi that Frank has that John doesn't and John feels jealous about that and Clara is not that she feels jealous Clara feels sorry Clara feels that this empowers me or this actually is that we can elevate each other with the talent that we have and as I said the film most of the film takes place in this like secluded place that they're um, recording the album it does underscore the fact that these people are genuinely artists except for John and you might not like their art but they're expressing themselves they're expressing ideas in super weird ways and yeah I, it's just like contrasted with John who's this 
he's a very lame person. He's insignificant. He has no talent. All he wants is to be famous, basically. <laughs> I love, I love the error that he becomes famous not because of playing in South by Southwest. He becomes yellow. Sorry, he becomes famous because Clara stops him. <laughs> and he's recording it. And he's Christian. <laughs> and it's a bit, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, the more that we talk about it is that when I was watching it yesterday, I was like, yeah, this has been fun, but not as fun as I remember it. Now that we're talking about it, it's like, I think that it's a bit more of a multi layer kind of film that I think that is not going to age poorly. Because the reality from 2014 is going to keep being the, the reality 20 years from now, unfortunately. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, um, not to jump to the questions, but this is a timeless piece. It's going to age very well. There are some references to Twitter and blogs, which I think are a little bit dated at this point, but yeah. the fact that it's dealing with people's like true self, yeah. yeah, true desires, like Yeah. This this could have been filmed in the 80s, and the tools they would be using would be different. But I mean, it, you know, it it ages well. It will age well. We did not see this together, right? You told me that we didn't. I watched it in the cinema, and you told me that you didn't go to the cinema to watch it. I did watch this at Embarcadero, but I don't remember if it was with you. I don't remember if it was with you. I mean, I remember like just watching it and just. Laughing my ass off. No, it wasn't with you. It was with my ex. Yeah. And I remember that my ex wasn't like too excited, and I was like, "This has been mind blowing. It's a this, this has been good." Is like, I don't remember the last time that I went to a movie and I felt like this has smartly made me laugh. Now I feel you know, the comedy aspects. Now that I watched it for three, four times, hasn't been as strong as I remember them. I think that the comedy aspects as they were like more on the visual cues, they felt a bit cheaper than I remember. But if you take away your past viewings, do you think this film would, like, it would be a strong film without your expectations that you brought in? Yeah, I mean, it's still, I still think that it's a strong film. But at the same time, I feel like the comedy aspects are a bit weaker than I remember. Like, because it relies on visual aspects. And visual aspects for me is, is a shortcut for making comedy. Yeah, it's a little slapstick while they're at that cottage. And actually, before we recorded, we I was telling Jose about how much I admire the physicality of Michael Fassbender's performance because he has a mask, a huge covering over his head the entire time, but he still manages to make a, a very strong impact as an actor. Um, I do remember it funnier than this viewing, but the the, the highlighting of uh, mental illness was still as profound as yeah. and as impactful. I still felt so sad when we see his breakdown um, And I don't think I went into this in the synopsis, but John goes to Frank's home. Frank is with his parents and the parents explain, hey, he's had a, a long history of mental illness. And then John tries to fix things by bringing Frank to the rest of the band who are performing as a trio. And 
it's just heartbreaking the scene it's incredibly heartbreaking to see hey frank is really 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 sick clara is probably also sick and there's just no getting around this you may have laughed before but these are people that are in a really bad they're situation broken. yeah they're broken they are all absolutely broken as i like I, I know that is a pretty on the nose, but when he starts walking through Bluff, Kansas, for just going to the house, you know, and it's like you, you have like the mirror scene from the beginning when they are in Wales, where John is, is that the, it's okay, the houses look different, but it's, it's the same kind of feeling of community, the same kind of safe space, there is no kind of, I don't know, like, traumatic childhood that he was thinking oh yeah he had a traumatic childhood and then he had like some mental breakdown and that's the reason why he's so talented and that's the reason why I'm not he cannot accept that I'm not because I'm not that's it just move on with your life is that he needs to just find some kind of explanation yeah it's very on the nose how you know there is like the kid going on the bike as you saw at the beginning when they are in Kansas He's like, okay, that's the same thing. A neighbor says hi while he's washing the car. And then he gets there. He's like, there is nothing traumatic. He said, this character is, is, he had a mental illness since he was little. And it was not about the mask or anything. It's like, he always had this. He looked at the world in a different kind of way. But there is no kind of justification for it. He's like, I'm not talented. And I should actually come to terms to it. And I think that the whole movie is about like just accepting that you, even if you decide to be the best at something, you may never get to it. I agree with you. And I think what makes this film better than good, I wouldn't say it's a great film, but this is definitely above average, oh, yeah. is that for the most part, these characters are, are, are rich characters. We find out a lot about them. We can guess a lot about their motivations, about um, you know their their desires or their fears about what they're lacking. Um, even what we said earlier about Clara, how I think we would both like to know more about her because we don't understand her. She's still an interesting character, and it made me as a film watcher pay attention to all of them. And of course, some are richer than others. Uh, the, the French. Yeah, the uh, French is a mistake. Yeah, they were flat characters, but the characters that the film really devotes time to, regardless of whether or not you get your answers, you have questions and you're engaged and you want to know more. Um, and ultimately I find the journey that the film takes us on is very interesting. It ends up in a sad place, but I would happily take that journey with them again and again. Yeah, I mean, but the fun thing, I, I agree with you, is like, they're like several characters that are important and they are the ones that they are like, just glorified a treasure. Yes. Is like the French, the French and Nana, I think that is her name, the other I girl. That is, like, she has two sentences. I, like, I just feel peace about like look, you could have done something about them. It's like you're trying to display because at the end is that this movie is just displayed almost like a parody of indie music, of indie experimental music. And I think that's something that elevates this movie. I'm not going to say that it's amazing, but uh, that it actually works well. It's like the music that they still produce is is decent. <laughs> It is decent, and, and after this film came out in 2014, I think both of us listened to the soundtrack 
with yeah. some regularity. Uh, so when we rewatched it, we both found all of the music very familiar. Um, and I enjoyed that a lot. I think the music is almost like another character. Like it's so present that you yeah. can't not pay attention to it. Yeah, no, the music is, the music is, is better than it has the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I just feel almost bad with myself about like, why do I like the music of this movie so much? Why do I even like remember the lyrics or something? And I will like, just sing it along when it's, it's random words that they are like throwing there. Because I just feel like this movie is calling me hipster and I'm embracing it. But there is some cleverness to the music. Like, I love you, Wall. You yeah. know that that sounds exactly like I love you, all. I mean, there. Whoever wrote that music knew what they were doing. They knew about the humor that the film intended, but also like the tragic nature. Um, it just fits so perfectly. And I skimmed the New York Times music review or movie review. And the only thing I paid attention to is that I think it was the New York Times at least that said this movie works because it's so weird. And I would agree with that, that there's all these like disparate parts, I, at least they seem disparate, but for whatever reason, they come together in this synergy yep. and it makes yep. you feel happy and amused and sad and like empathy. Yeah. And yeah. there's never a point in this film where I wasn't engaged, even yep. at the, the scenes at the cottage that lasted, some might take too long. I was engaged. I wanted to be there with them and I found interesting the things they were doing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that it's like it's one of those movies that is better than the sum of its parts. Exactly. For, for some weird reason, is that things work? Is like, I remember like that scene when the uh, Swedish, I think they're like Swedish tourists, they show up in the Irish house in the Irish cottage, and he's like, "You are in your cottage." And Frank goes to talk with them, and sees he starts like just dancing with the mother. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? But it's like, it actually just fits into all the surreal stuff that we're seeing on the movie. It doesn't feel out of place. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, for me, this film works very well. Um, the characters yeah. are interesting. The story is interesting. I, I felt emotionally connected to almost everything I was seeing on the screen. So I yeah. like this. Yeah, and there was something that I have forgotten how the South by Southwest uh, concert play at the end. I have forgotten that part. So it was like, mm, okay, I know that the band started like, just falling apart, but for some whatever reason, I thought that it was still going to be like most of the band. And it was not, it was like just basically John show. Uh, yeah, I have like a guy next to me that is just wearing like a weird mask, but it's about me. And it was a complete failure because John is uh, completely talentless. Completely talentless. He has nothing to show, and without without the band, he was literally nothing. Yeah. Well, without Frank. Without Frank, yes. The band is pretty inconsequential. Yeah. Maybe Clara, but Clara is just like an accessory to Frank. Yes, but also, I mean, in the final, I think it's the final scene of the film. John brings Frank to the place where Clara and the two French it's the two French people right they're performing no. as a few yeah I don't I don't think that Nana the other girl is French I think that she just doesn't like she just doesn't like pop. yeah so um 
Maggie Gyllenhaal is singing this song um, about how she wants I to marry. To marry I like keeper. And it's so. It's I don't even know how to describe it. It's so pathetic and so engaging that I was like, "Yes, put her on this empty the stage at an empty bar and let's watch her do this thing that makes me feel so uncomfortable." And it's tolerable, but then you add Frank to the mix and you're like, yeah, Frank is the catalyst to make these people engaging in any sense. Yeah. And I have to say that it's like, I love that this like a Mexican restaurant, El Madrid is called. And it's like, they allow to have live music with a theremin organ. That is just mind blowing to me. So they say, do they even know what it is? It's like, it's just such a random thing. You really don't. Yeah, but in any case, it's like once again, is that there is something that just helps me to have suspension of disbelief with this movie about like how stupid half of the stuff is if you analyze it independently. But it's like it it works. It just it's just better than it should be. Yeah, I think you summed it up best when you said this film is more than the sum of its parts. I mean discussing individual aspects you're like okay this is okay but ultimately when you watch the film i i feel personally that it was an experience and i enjoyed yeah. that experience even yeah. if some of it was unpleasant yeah i mean what was unpleasant about it uh just, just seeing frank kind of devolve and spiral into his breakdown and then seeing the pain caused by the band breaking up and then ultimately realizing that Frank is ill, he's very ill, as is Clara, I think, and they can cling to each other and get support from each other, but ultimately it's a very, very sad situation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I mean, we also see like another character like just committing suicide <laughs> along the way. No, no, it's dark. <laughs> when we say it's a black comedy, it's a black comedy. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. You probably won't laugh out loud. You'll be amused, but I mean, there's a lot, a lot of darkness here. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. And I, that's the part. Is like I just feel, I just feel like it's like the dark comedy. I feel like a bit weird, and that's the only part that I've realized this standard that this is a bit weaker. All the visual humor, you know, like when Don is trying to run away and they throw like something at him and he just falls and it's like this is supposed to be funny. But at the same time, it's like he's so out of the rest of the story that it's like just, I don't feel like completely connected. I get that. And usually I don't like physical humor, like people slipping and falling. And like, I don't like that for whatever reason. And maybe this is just because I have the biggest crush in the world on Michael Fassbender. Watching them at the cottage do their all of their like absurd things. I was amused by that. I enjoyed it. And I think that's probably in some part due to the director his last name is abrahamson mm. who he also directed the room uh which yep. not look claim but this was before that yep yeah Lenny abrahamson so i have a question for you and i don't want to standardize this as a question but i think that i asked you this with happy go lucky did you think of wes anderson at any point on this movie not once. I thought a lot at, about it at the beginning. You know, like between like the first and the second act, because there are like several times that they have like this kind of quirky, cool background music. 
while one of the characters that is young is narrating on top of it. And it made me think about like, Life Aquatic, when Bill Murray is just talking about something, and there's like, the camera display. There's a, and we went to discotheques, and we have been doing music, and he actually just reads his suites. But it, it's the style of Wes Anderson. Agreed, except Wes Anderson stole his entire style from French New Wave. So I, I think that okay. Abraham... Okay. I, I, I didn't. It didn't remind me of of his movies particularly because all I can think about is the Grand Budapest Hotel, which pissed me off. Um, but the ironic narration, like, yes, I I see what you're what you're saying, but this yep. didn't remind me of Wes Anderson. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I would have like a problem, the only reason why I think that this is not a nine movie, and I'm sorry, giving away that this is not going to be a nine, <laughs> but is I think that there are like a lot of elements to it. You know, and it's like I, I think that if the director tried to be that, okay, I want to be like more focused, I want to just remove like some of the stuff. I think that it wouldn't have been so effective. But at the same time, with so many elements, now that we're talking about it, it's like I have like a harder time about talking about like what this movie is about. I would agree with that, and I would say that's actually a positive because, in my opinion, I didn't like the room, which was much more focused and much more rigid. Yeah. And when the director kind of just went into this like ambiguous space, letting the the actors do what they wanted, exploring um, self-expression, and again, maybe this was very rigid in the script, but I felt like it was much freer. I think the director comes across as better because of it no no that's 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 fair that's fair i mean i just feel it's it's a one-off for me it's a one-off movie it's like i don't i cannot think almost about any other movie that i would relate to this one and i'm saving that one as we discussed before the podcast i'm saving that one for a future podcast <laughs> Has he directed anything else that we would know? Uh, you mean like besides Room? Besides Room. Uh, let me just say, I was checking the director. Adam and Paul Garaz. No, I don't think so. What Richard did, Frank, Rome, The Little Stranger. Oh, God. Oh, The Little Stranger was a. Uh was a horror film, right? I never I saw watch. it. I didn't watch it, though. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know anything else he's done. Yeah, maybe he's to bring this for us. With Ruth Wilson. I like that actress. So let's go to the questions. Yeah. Uh, would you watch it again? I would, yeah. This was... I agree with you that it was less funny than I remember, but it was not less enjoyable. Yeah. I enjoyed it as much as I remember. This is a, an interesting film. It takes us on an interesting journey. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Would uh, you recommend it? Sorry, I would say, if I'm going to be like, watch it again, sorry. Uh, I I think that I will watch it again, but probably I will leave it like a longer break. It was... It was not that it was good. I mean, I, I love it, but at the same time, it was. I think that it's a movie that is 
I'm going to be connecting with it in different ways depending on the point that I'm in my life. I would agree and I would also add that we often watch films that are very heavy and take an emotional toll. I don't feel like that with this film. Yes, it's sad. It's it's a little bit difficult to watch, but this is way more easygoing than most of the films we watch, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, would you recommend this movie? Yes, I would recommend it. Basically anybody kind of as as like a a test like can you handle experimental stuff like how are you going to take something that's not super mainstream you're, while not you're being a... too non-mainstream could you recommend this to your mother yeah no problem that's interesting i don't think i recommend this to my parents but i think that i have recommended this like plenty of times in the past but when you say you wouldn't recommend it is it because you wouldn't recommend the film or because you think your parents wouldn't like it because i think that there is like a as you say as you describe that it's a bit more experimental i and you recommended as a test for me it's like i know people that they couldn't like it and they would thought that this is completely dumb okay so I think that it's a good movie and I think that there are going to be like people that they're going to be able to just see above the surface. See above the surface that there is a guy with a giant mask on top of the face. <laughs> because that's what you get. You know, it's like they, they, basically the poster of the movie is like the giant head. But it's not only about that. It's a bit more about like what do we desire and how we're going to be like just willing to sacrifice other stuff for getting there and using other people for getting there. Uh, do you think that you would remember? Did you actually remember most of it? No, I. This, this is a weird one because it is a memorable film, but I didn't remember the specifics of the plot at all. I knew at some point they performed at South by Southwest, um, but the minutia—it's not even the minutia. I, if someone before I had watched this had said, "Hey, tell me what Frank is about," I wouldn't have been able to say it. But at the same time, I remembered this film. I remembered it was a black comedy that I enjoyed it, that it dealt with mental illness. Yeah, so yes and no. Yes and okay. Uh, I remember most of it. I remember that Don committed suicide. I remember that Frank, you know, I remember like the scene 100% when he goes to the house to visit it, you know, to the parents' house. And it's like, yeah, there was no traumatic childhood. He was like really happy. And one day he wore this mask and that triggers everything else. I remember like, you know, like how mediocre uh, John was and how the movie is about like him being mediocre and getting to the point of accepting that he's mediocre. So it's true that I didn't remember like some of the jokes that they were there. Is I remember that, oh, this was pretty funny. And now I have a harder time about like finding where the funny was where the funny parts were, the funny beats were. But overall, I was like, yeah, this is the movie exactly that I remember. Do you think that, that the fact that both of us remember it to be funnier than we found it this time has to do with our age? I think that maybe it has to be with being in the middle of a fucking pandemic and nothing feels funny anymore. There you go, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I don't think that it's because I'm 40 or you are like, what, 22? 22, just just turned 22. Barely legal. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I don't think that it's because of the age. I think that it's because right now, unless something is that is extremely overly comedy, we're going to be like this, a bit more like this, focusing on the negative. I, I agree with you, but also I think that um, we were both seven years younger, and I think that just in terms of mental illness, I know that I view it very differently now than I did seven years ago. So I don't know if we see the more tragic parts of the film, but but I see what you say about it being a pandemic and everything having a slightly yeah. dark tinge. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is there anything artistic about it? I honestly, I would say the direction is functional, except that the director allowed the actors to do all of those very weird things at the cottage. So I don't know if that was like a bold direction choice. Was that in the script when the director got it? I don't know. I don't think there's not a specific scene where I'm like, wow, I'm blown away by this director. That being said, I don't think it's bad direction at all, but in terms of having something that sets it apart artistically, I don't think there is. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I thought what I was watching, I tried to look like for something is that the most artistic thing is that it's being connected with nowadays sensibility for just displaying the uh, overlay of Twitter. But that's not artistic, it's a bit more like just being timely, more than anything else. That's not like direction, that's some like post-production guy who was like, oh, yeah. let's put Twitter statuses. Well, so or, or, maybe, think... or, or maybe it was the director about like just, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that it's like part of the script that is like, I want to display about like the number of followers because he never, it takes a while for talking about like the number of followers or number of, of viewers that they have, you know? So I just felt it's like, this is, good but it's not really artistic it's like just for making a point more than anything else but i will I say that the pacing of the film is honestly remarkable the amount of time they spend at the cottage by the lake it takes up most of the film and it doesn't feel like it and so i guess like that is pretty impressive but i i've it's never been like abraham and abrahamson Oh my gosh, he's a director to watch. I would never say that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree that it's a bit more of a... It's a movie, it's interesting, because I was checking also like the rest of the movies that he did, and I was like, I, after watching this, I don't feel like watching anything else by him. He said, I like this movie, but it doesn't tell me anything about the director. With Michael Lee, I feel curious about like, okay, this was properly directed. You know, it's pretty clear that he's doing something. I still don't know exactly what he did, but with this one, I feel like it's so one-off that I have no idea if I'm going to be like liking anything else. And when I check everything else that he did, he's like, sure. I agree with what you say. And I would say that he is a perfectly adequate director who lucked into a fantastic script and the actors to pull the script off. But yeah. there was nothing about his direction that made this film stand out. Yep. Uh, so is it a timeless piece? Yes, we discussed this. Yeah. Everything the, the film examines is, is pretty timeless. It could have been filmed in the 60s, 70s, 80s. It doesn't matter. Yep. What we see is like a character-driven script and it's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, and you can actually just think at the beginning that it's, like it's about Twitter and indie music in the 2000s or the early, sorry, like the early teens. 
But at the same time, it's like I don't think that it's about that. It's because you can even like just look back at uh, how you say like uh, all about if you know about like just wanting to be more than what you are and just liberating other people and just abusing of them for just getting there. You know, it's like it's it's like a timeless kind of concept. You know, is that he only adapts it to what is sensibility of now. But it's like, as I said, it's like he actually just did it in a perfect time for the same in 2014. Is that this was a novelty, but it's about nowadays. Is like you have work exactly the same. And ten years in the future, it may not be Twitter. It may be something else. It may be TikTok or whatever. But it's still going to be the same because social media has transformed us into this. It has actually just empowered or giving us one more venue about like how we can be like just popular and having recognition. Agreed. Uh, would you turn into a TV show and going to say like, no, no Absolutely. fucking way. <laughs> this works because it's a film. I don't want to see eight episodes about this. No. Oh my God, no. I just tried to think about that. Like a limited series of six or eight episodes. Like, no, this couldn't work at all. Uh, do you think that this movie could have been better? I didn't think so. I, I, I think that for what this film was trying to be, It's exactly that. It's exactly what it wanted to be. It's a little bit funny. It's a little bit sad. It no. Uh, but I'm also not a director, so I don't know what I could add to this. But I, I, I wouldn't modify this film in any way. Well, because of Jose in 2021, after going through a pandemic of almost a year, I think that it would have reduced the. Uh, the the slapstick me humor that's the only thing that i will have changed because it doesn't bring anything to me and that's fair i hate slapstick humor i hate it for whatever reason it worked for me in this film but i don't like it was it the fabulous tenenbaums the wes anderson movie the royal tenenbaums the royal tenenbaums yeah do you like it I loved that film. It was the okay. first West okay. Anderson film I saw. All right. Uh, Do you like like the pieces? They're not so many, but they're like some slapstick humor. Uh, you'd have to give me an example. Okay. I mean, the only thing that I'm thinking right now is like how the main character, the father of the family, gets stabbed by the servant that he has been waiting for that moment for 20 years. I. Tolerated it in the context of a Wes Anderson film. For me, slapstick is like when somebody steps on a rake and it comes up and hits them, hits them in the face. And it's so stupid. It's, yes, like, like you, Twin Peaks, where David Lynch took it to the next level and it was actually great. Um, I wouldn't call it slapstick humor, what you're saying in the Royal Tenenbaums. That's not to say that it isn't, but it's not the type of slapstick, yeah. slapstick humor that I dislike. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in this one, and the only thing is that I know that it's like a black comedy is that like, I think that if we were to remove, to remove that part, maybe it wouldn't have been so much of a comedy. I think that they will, I would, I would have appreciated that they have made the script even more sassy or more ironic and just removing all the visual cues. Like for example when they are like throwing the remains of Tom in the desert, in the desert, in uh, Texas. And it's like that's 
that the, the ashes are going to the French guy is like, that's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys, it's not, I assume that you are trying to make it funny, but it's not. So I, I think what you're saying is there are a few jokes that don't land. Yeah. But overall, I think most jokes made sense and were funny in this film. Yeah. I mean, I don't complain. It's like, I don't think that bring it down, but it's like when I think about like, if I were to direct it, you know, if I were to, okay, I'm going, I'm giving the chance of remaking this movie and remaking and removing all the memories that everyone has about this movie is I probably will have, let's say like, okay, let's remove all these jokes is that they don't make any kind of sense. Let's make it like even more, sar- yeah, more ironic, more like sarcastic and just remove all the visual cues. I love, for example, the scene when they go to the diner in, uh, in Austin and there's like this woman like just playing the ukulele. And like, everyone is like just suffering like listening to it. <laughs> and Clara says, like, if you make me play the ukulele, I will kill myself. Yeah, I like how you describe the film as sarcastic because it wasn't obvious to me that it was sarcastic, but yeah, there's a lot of sarcasm in this movie. Well, because they actually think that they are better than everything else. It's like Clara actually doesn't want to be popular because she thinks that they are better than everything else, that they are like at a higher level than regular humans. But they don't explore that much, and I think that it's exactly what the hipsters and experimental indie musicians think they are. They could have actually just dig deeper into that. But at the end, they actually end up like playing at El Madrid, that is like probably the most mundane thing that you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, you have to have some narcissism to think you can make it as a as a musical artist. Yes, I agree. Yeah, but, but that's the thing is like Clara doesn't want to make it as a musician. She wants to actually just think like, my art is pure. I don't yeah, want to do that. she wants to express herself without the like crassness of accepting money or popularity or, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, I, I love this movie, don't get me wrong, but it's like, I just think that, it's like there is another angle that it could have taken that I think that it would have ended up in some place that I would have seen that it's like, this is not a perfect movie, because I think that the material that they use is not going to be like just like that. Or maybe yes, but I think that I would have been like just like this and I. All right, so you would change things about it. Yeah. You would improve it. <laughs> well, I would improve it for my sensibility. Maybe it would have been like a train wreck after I touch it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, should we score this then? We should, yes. And I had my score picked out like five hours ago and it has not changed. All right, what is it? An eight. Okay, so we are the same score. And I had already written down. Oh, are you copying me? No, I had already written down. No, I mean, uh, a mediocre film for me is five, a good film is 7.5. I think this is better than good, but it's not great. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. There's like, there is like too much stuff to it. And if I were to define, it's similar to a, Itonia. That is a, it's a movie that I love. That it is like, it could have been mind blowing. You could have been, you have been like more focused about like, what did you want me to get out of this movie? You have been amazing because you had like the elements for just going in three different directions. But at the end, you didn't decide on a single one, commit, double down, 
are just making me feel it's like, oh, you are like just criticizing like the American dream. Or in this case, like you're criticizing like indie music or you're criticizing mediocrity and how we don't come to terms to it. So I won't say that they don't have similar flaws, but if you compare Itania to, to, to Frank, you think they're similar? In what sense similar? In terms of quality, in terms of overall rating, what number would you give that film? Oh no, probably with Itonic we like a bit lower because the soundtrack is not so enticing as this one. <laughs> if I had to rate Itania and I haven't seen it in like a year and a half, I would give it maybe a six. Six? Wow, okay. I remember like when I watched it, I felt peace because like this movie could have been fucking amazing. And I had the same reaction, but I thought this movie is not good. It could have been great, <laughs> but I think Frank is a good movie. And I told it wasn't. But it's like for me, it's like when I watch I Tony, I feel like this is a good movie, but it's like what it actually just pisses me off. It's like with, and I'm going to say this because I'm drunk, it's like with my reports, what I feel is like you could fucking be amazing. Is that if you want to like just listen to me, you fucking could be amazing, but it's like it almost feels like you're like just working against yourself. It's exactly the same thing with Tony. It's like you could fucking be amazing. Is that there is something that is missing here, and it's that like you don't have focus. And the same thing with Frank is that I feel like you had been a bit more focused into, okay, this is what I want to do. Or these two things is what I want to do. And I'm going to be like going with it. You could have been like more amazing than what you were. And just based on the other content that we've seen from this director, I would agree that he, he isn't super focused and he could be a good director based on the script, but I, he's not the person to like refine a story and yeah. present it. But that's the thing. I mean, the thing is, like, if you're a director, I'm not a director, of course, and you are not a director as far as I know, is that it's easier to actually just commit yourself to 10 different things because as long as four of them land, you're good, yeah. you save the day. But if you only just try to land two, is that if you land them, they're going to be amazing. But if you don't, you suck. You just fail completely. Yeah. So it's like, I just feel like if. Both of these movies, Itonia and Frank, is that they played safer than they should. That they should have doubled down on something. And maybe they would have failed. But if they had landed, we'll be talking like, you know, like a masterpiece. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, sorry for the rant. Uh, what are we watching this time? We are going to watch a Russian movie called The Return by Andrei Zyagensev, who directed Loveless. Jose and I both saw Loveless a couple years ago. We absolutely loved it. Um, so this film is one of his that I saw many, many years ago, and I was completely blown away. And I haven't seen it in years, and I want Jose to see it, so that's what we're watching. Yeah, I'm really good to watch it because we yeah, as you say, that we both really like Loveless. If it was not a nine, it was pretty close to a nine. When we I give it a nine point five. If I didn't, you give it a I nine. Would... Give it a nine, well, and I give it an eight. But it's like we have talked about that movie so many times that I feel like it's completely unfair. This course, we should rewatch it and rescore it. Yeah, no, that's true. And I also was Leviathan, and I felt like pretty impressed. So I'm pretty thankful that you brought him up again. 
because a director that is like he makes me feel a bit miserable with those mo- with those two movies at least he made me feel like I'm suffering watching this so I'm like pretty curious about like okay we come from two comedies and now we're going to go like to a drama I assume so oh yeah so. no this is a it's more light I wouldn't say lighthearted it's not as like intense as loveless but there's a darkness to it so I I'm I'm interested in you watching it Come on, anything else to say about this movie, about Frank? That's it for now. All right. Uh, to those five, six people that are there, thank you so much for listening to us. And wash your hands. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>